All right. Welcome back to the Moviecation Podcast. I'm your host, Brady, and with me is... Cole. I'm Joe. What's up, guys? How you guys doing? Pretty good. How you doing? Pretty good. Pretty good. It's been a pretty funny week. <laughs> oh, it's definitely been a funny week for us. Central City. The dark universe. You're not going to let that go, are you, Brady? I beat you on a nerd thing. Yeah, because... A nerd thing that I literally do not give a shit about at all. Like, any other time, I'd be like, eh, I got you on that. Hey, but in my defense, I did have to look it up to see, because I wanted to make the, you know, the it's always sunny joke. Yeah. In my defense, I did have to look it up, but I Why also feel like that's something you should know. Why don't you explain to everybody what happened? Because in my defense... <laughs> Central City is where the Flash lives. I didn't know it was also the, where the Fantastic Four lives. Let me give a little bit of feedback uh, or a little more more intel before you get into the story, Brady. So, Internet, I'm sure you saw it kind of trending or you might have seen a couple memes here and there if you're in, into the very nerd stuff like we are. But people were trying to make the It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia cast uh, be turned into the Fantastic Four cast, which I am all for it because they seem like the ideal group of people to be doing it so uh that's where we start this little this little back and forth between brady so brady go ahead so i literally cole shared like this whole like thread where it's like it just said hear me out it's just a picture of like uh like dr doom would be glenn hawthorne or dennis and then mac or rob mcafee or whatever his name mcinary or can't think of his last name right now mac would be yeah macaroni uh he would be he would be reed richards you know charlie would be who was charlie again charlie was human torch uh, human torch obviously d being the only female of the group would be mrs incredible <laughs> this is incredible <laughs> invisible <Wolf. laughs> same thing they're based this is off to, a, this, uh, this is off to a great start this is even worse yo <laughs> <laughs> I knew it as soon as I said it. <laughs> it's even bigger, that's even worse than my mistake. My favorite one was the fact that Danny DeVito being, you know, Frank being the fucking <laughs> the thing. I feel like he'd be a better mole man. Anyway, just be, so honestly, who wouldn't want to hear fucking Danny DeVito going, it's clobbering time, whores. <laughs> I'm telling you, man, they didn't make Charlie the Silver Surfer. And make Liam McPoyle Doctor Doom, and that would be ideal situations. But keep Liam McPoyle looking exactly the same. Yes, like because he's just creepy, greasy and sleazy, just but with the sweating with the, everywhere with a metal mask. Cricket can be Galactus. Anyway, so go on. So I made there. the I made the joke that uh, I was just gonna I look I had to look it up. I will in my defense, I did have to look it up and say or. To see where they were based out of because I always thought it was just like New York or something. Yeah, they lived on like a Yan Yancey Street. I figured is where where they. Were I didn't based. think they had like an actual like Gotham or Metropolis type deal going yeah, on. Exactly. So I looked it up and Cole goes, "That's the Flash," and I screenshotted where I got it from, which was like a one of those Wikia pages that's like Marvel Wikia or Wiki Marvel or like Wiki Marvy or whatever. I don't know, fuck. And uh, yeah, Cole's like, "Oh." Oh shit! <laughs> okay, I didn't know that there's two central cities in comics. Like that's kind of. I wonder if it's one of those things where like they changed it 
after the fact or whatever because it's because think it's, about it they changed they changed Shazam's name from I, Mr. I, Marvel I, and all that. That's what I was about to say. It's probably a Shazam, Captain, Captain Marvel. Marvel thing. Captain Marvel. Yeah. Captain Mr. Marvel was in the name. I got it somewhat. Brady, right. you're going to get roasted on on this because you're just getting I everything just, wrong. I was just shocked that I pulled something out of, from, from under you, man. Like, I was I was shocked that you yeah. didn't know this. And you were so high that, and mighty to be like, that's the Flash, brother. I <laughs> Trust me, that's the last time you'll get one over on me. And now that I've said that, I've dug my own grave. Yeah, you yeah, really I'm have. gonna find. I'm gonna find some. You're gonna, yeah, you'll find something. You won't. You won't get me on Simpsons trivia, though. Let's be real here. I already know I can't get you on Simpsons, Who Framed Roger Rabbit, and probably Back uh, to the Future. Those three, classic. I probably can't get you on. No, probably not. Back to the Future, maybe if you found some random obscure fact I somehow didn't know. Yeah, I was in it. <laughs> yeah, okay. Boom, yeah, you didn't good. know that. Lost media my ass over here. <laughs> what, what was did, the thing about the dark universe or whatever, though? Oh, so that that was j- just um, an idea for like a future podcast episode. Like we talk about the... Oh, did, okay. did you? Yeah. I know they were talking about it because... Uh, well, you know, I think you, you might know more about the Dark Universe, Cole, so correct me as I say this, but the Dark Universe is supposed to be what, the mummy? Uh, the Invisible it, Man? Yeah, Johnny Wolf Depp was gonna, Johnny Depp, they had not confirmed Wolfman. Johnny Depp was going to be the, uh, the Invisible Man. Javier Bardem was going to be uh, Frankenstein. And there were some other people they had confirmed. But yeah, the, after the mummy, dude... They were they were hoping that the mummy do so well that they can open up the month, the dark it, universe, right? Yeah, and here's the thing: I wish I got to see that in theaters because I actually lo- really liked it. It wasn't, it was not a good movie, but I, you know, I had fun with it. I'm like, okay, I, like I wanted to, I wanted to see more. The biggest I, downfall for that movie was R- Russell Crowe coming in there. Oh hi, I'm Doctor Jekyll. I'm like, we, we don't. Oh, we we don't. We, we never- don't it's. And then he I turns just, into he turns into Hyde halfway through the movie, and I'm like, you couldn't have saved this. Well, I feel yeah, like well, that's the problem with the Dark Universe right there is they rushed it. Yeah, trying to just like just like another because company look at it this we way. know. Did, uh, <laughs> DC. Hey, well, hey, we'll look at it down. this way. They did they did uh what is it Van Helsing first right or Dracula first Dracula Untold. That's what so, was. Technically, Dracula. it was Dracula Untold. It didn't yeah. do well like they thought. So yeah, like, so they, right, they the were Tom like, Cruise nope. one is definitely going to save us. Yeah, and then so Dracula Untold, Dracula Untold was supposed to start the whole thing. It flopped, and then they're like, all right, well, we're going to start with the, with the mummy instead. Let's try it again. Did you guys yeah. see The Invisible Man that came out last year pre-pandemic? Mm-hmm. No, yes. I did not. I did not get yes. a chance. It was the last it. movie. It was literally the last movie I saw. I saw it, and then the world ended like two days later. Well, the last movie I saw was the Impractical Jokers movie. <laughs> that movie, dude, the, the Invisible saw, Man last year fucked me up. Like it was, yeah, a, was a great movie. movie. On, but man, it up. messed me up. It was like February, early February last year, I think. Yeah, we saw I, that one not too long ago. It was really good. Yeah, I wasn't really a fan of what I was seeing from the trailers, but I'll probably check it out I, eventually. I'd say watch it. Um, okay. it's got what's her face in it from Mad Men, Elizabeth. I want to say Elizabeth Moss. Elizabeth Moss. Yeah, I just saw it. Um, I just put it up real quick. And they don't, 
they don't do like like classic monster movie stuff they kind of bring it into the modern era because like it's not like i think he drinks like a potion or something in the original one that's how he turns invisible this one's like he puts on like a suit made of like nanobots or some shit it was like a bunch it was like a suit of like a bunch of cameras that yeah everything so and there was like some trippy like there was some scenes in there where like you could tell like there was supposed to be something there, but then there wasn't. Yeah. And they did it really well. I think they did, yeah. They, they paced it out really well, and I thought they kind of, like, they kept the guessing, like, is there something really there? Like, is there not? I feel like they did that pretty well. Oh, sp- speaking of the Dark Universe, before this just I just remembered this. The other day, I came across this article, and I think it was someone who, he was either working on it, or it was somebody who was working on the Creature from the Black Lagoon remake that they were, that they were going to do and they they got a script made and apparently the whole thing like the whole thing was going to end with like the, there was going to be like rockets launching everywhere it was some huge action set piece and it, the whole thing was going to end with russell crowe coming down in a helicopter i'm doc i'm dr jekyll you need to come with me so he's going to be the nick fury of it yeah i'm just like what well, the problem, and that was, I, think, I think another problem with those movies to be honest with you is look at the classic, like look at the classic Dracula and stuff like that. They weren't balls to the wall action films at all. They were very like southern goth or not even southern gothic, just gothic romantic yeah. pictures. Like literally every plot was except for maybe Dracula until probably later on in his run, but every plot was, I mean, Frankenstein, Frankenstein falls in love with like a beautiful little girl and that's what makes him not be a monster uh the creature from black lagoon falls in love with a woman king i mean i know Bromstroke. it's not technically Bromstroke not, dracula is kind of the same way yeah, yeah so like they're rom- they're in a weird way like romantic type films but yeah. taking like tom cruise and having him run like this for fucking 30 minutes well, here's the thing make a movie i get, I get what they were trying to do because in a way the Universal Monsters were kind of the first cinematic universe. If you really, oh yeah, for it. sure, totally, yeah. no, no so doubt. I, so I have no problem with trying to do that again and like bring it to the modern era. But the way they went about it, they, they. You want a good creature from the Black Lagoon excuse remake? Me, excuse me. Are we forgetting the amazing movie that was the League of Extraordinary Gentlemen that was bringing together all the legendary monsters? I've actually never seen that movie. I've never, never saw it either. Well, you got to realize you're. You're only wait. You're a couple years older than me, right? You're twenty. Wait, yeah. you're twenty nine. Thirty. Okay, so I'm twenty. I'm twenty eight, and I call you're what? Twenty four. Okay, so I vaguely remember seeing previews for that when it was coming out, but at the time I was still like a little kid, so I wasn't really watching movies like that. Mm-hmm. I think that was what, like two thousand four, three, some of that. That was one of those movies I wish they would have done more. I want to say it was two thousand six. Uh, Hold on, because you know it had. Well, it had uh, something to look quick. Sean Connery was in it. Yeah, Sean Connery was the, was the main dude of the group. Um, his name was Quartermain, but they had um, Mina Harker as a character, Dorian Gray, uh, Captain Nemo, which is what from Ten Thousand Leagues Under the Sea, if I remember correctly, yeah. the book. Okay, uh, they had a guy playing Doctor Jekyll. Um, Ishmael. Yeah, then they had uh, a dude, James Moriarty, which is like a recurring name I know, and I forget what he comes up in. Sure, isn't that Sherlock Holmes? Isn't yeah, that Sherlock like Holmes. Yeah, yeah, that's right, that's right. Sherlock, yeah, Sherlock Holmes. Yeah. So like you know things like that, like they're 
it's reoccurring. Tom Sawyer. Okay. Like, this would be great to like open up into a whole universe because they could bring in other members. I might check this out. That sounds kind of interesting. It was a, it was a cool like like old like not old school but it's based like in old England. Yeah, it was like a diesel, like a steampunk type movie. Like a steampunk too, right? type action movie. Yeah, diesel, like diesel punk is how they describe it. Yeah, yeah, it, it's a good movie. I liked it. So I guess it's based off a comic book series, though. Yes. Oh, is it? Was, yeah, it ran, it ran for ten years. Apparently, years. there apparently there was a canceled reboot. Yeah, I bet you anything. Part two, the part two never happened, and then I think they talked about a reboot. Reboot never happened, of course. I bet you anything too. A lot of what stopped. No, no. It, the reboot got killed when Disney got bought by, or yeah. when Fox got I'm bought re- by Disney. Yeah, I'm reading that right okay. now. That's... I was thinking like Sean Connery, but you know, because he passed away last year. Yeah. But no, um, they like I said, I feel like trying to make those movies something that they're not really supposed to be in a way. Yeah. Like, I don't like. I've never seen the Mummy, but from the previews, all I saw was like Tom Cruise and he had a gun. And then, like, some evil lady was in it. Like, what the fuck does that have to do with the mummy? Yeah, I, like, I wanted. I, I saw the trailer. I, want, and I was I, like, I wasn't very intrigued in it. And I was like, man. So neither of you have seen it. No. Based off the trailers, I didn't. I did not want to watch it because because okay. the, the only mummy movie that exists to me is Brendan Fraser's The Mummy. I feel like uh, we need Scorpion to do that. Scorpion King for... is so much better. Let's get it real <laughs> here. <laughs> I, yeah, that's. We may have to do that on a future episode. At some we'll point, do a comparison. We'll do a comparison of the Mummy, Brendan Fraser, and the Mummy Tom Cruise. Because I'd like I to already tell you, Brendan Fraser's going to win. Oh, yeah. li- Probably, boy. Because it's Brendan Fraser. Come on, so good. Which I've never seen those movies, so I'm totally down for that. They're good movies. Yeah, Literally, I never saw the last one. The when they had Jet Li brought in. It's crazy. Like they spaced those movies out really well too. Like yeah, they did. You almost forgot about them, and all of a sudden, it's like, "Hey, here's another like, one." Oh, no. yeah, they're really good. And you're like, I, "Yeah, I kind of enjoyed those. I'll go see those." It's like everyone knows Brendan Fraser from the Mummy movies, and I know him from Looney Tunes back in action. That or a uh, Monkey Bone? Was he was a Monkey Bone, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. I would say for for me, the movies I would know him for are The Mummy, yeah, Dudley Do Right. Oh, that's right. He was in He was that. a Canadian Mountie in it. And like, he was just. Yeah, I remember that. I never saw that. Bumbling that. idiot. And uh, Tarzan. Oh, yeah. He so, was yeah, in see, for me, for me, it's Tarzan, uh, the mummy movies, Monkey Bone, Bedazzled. Bedazzled, did, he's so hilarious. Did Bedazzled. either of you ever watch uh, Doom Patrol? The no, show? No, I need to watch it. He, but he's in that, right? Yeah, he's uh, Robot Man, Cliff Steele. And he's, right. he's the best that. part of it. Even though he's just a voice most of the time. My God. Love that man to death. He's just like one of those actors. He's almost like he just Nick comes Cage up. 2.0. He, yeah, he he's yeah. he's so good. Hold up. And he just pops up like every once in a while, like he'll be in something. Yeah, so we can definitely we can definitely do a uh, episode on those. Like I said, those are classic good you know good action movies that I liked growing up as a kid. But yeah, I love I love cinematic universes. I say the more the merrier, but universal kind of. See, that's that's for me. I don't agree with that, and that's just because it depends on how you go about it. It really because I think Marvel. Here's the thing: Marvel set the standard. Now everyone's like, "Oh, let's do that," but we're just going to do it badly. Like, did either of you watch the new Scooby Doo movie that came out last year? No. Okay. 
like we're supposed to like oh okay. yeah well, like Scooby matthew Dude. lillard luna cardinelli like uh, no it was like animated and they replaced all the zach efron was fred oh jesus Christ. I, you I, lost I, me already yeah okay you lost a lot of people didn't like it i liked it but the whole thing was it's not a scooby-doo movie it's a blue falcon movie that happens to feature scooby-doo and shaggy and also captain caveman's in it so it's just a Hannibal Barbera movie, basically. Yeah, uh, Hannibal Barbera. And the villain? The HBU. The, the, villain, the villain is Dick Dastardly <laughs> from Wacky Races. And his oh, dog, so it is just an HBU yeah, then. Dude, it, and that was the whole point. They were going to start a cinematic universe. The best part of that, though, he, he needs Scooby to open the gates of hell because Muttley is trapped in hell. And Scooby is like... He's the, the descendant of some, of some Greek god's dog or some crap. It's so stupid, but I'm what just the like, what the fuck okay. is happening over there? <laughs> yeah, I will stick with I will stick with Linda Cardinelli, Freddie Prince Jr., Sarah Michelle Gellar, Matthew Lillard, and then in the second one, Rowan Atkins was in it, which was really yeah. Good. I agree with you. I'll stick with those. I lo- I liked it, but it's like I don't care. I don't need to ever see it again. I watched Legit. those two, but like I was never really a big fan of Scooby Doo, even in the, the fr- cartoons. And then the freaking credits, they had like animatics of like different character of them interacting with different characters. Like you see Jabberjaw and uh, Johnny Quest and Johnny Quest Squid- and Squidly Diddly, and I'm like, what the hell are we doing? Give us the JQU. The funny thing is, the funny thing is for that though is, and this is another issue that I have with like cinematic universes. Is like they're gonna go in creating these cinematic universes with a specific audience in mind. Obviously, Marvel is going to have Marvel fans in mind, specifically yeah. ones from around the '90s, because that's when like the whole Thanos storyline came out. Mm-hmm. So, for a movie like Scooby Doo, especially an animated movie, who's mostly your audience? Children. Children. So, why the fuck are you putting Blue Falcon in? dick dastardly oh. and like oh. johnny quest all these like these kids aren't gonna not these kids are gonna just be like mommy oh, look and it's here's a colorful th- character oh and Woo-hoo. here's the thing here's the best part uh it's not really blue falcon it's his lazy son brian who doesn't want to do anything and he's voiced by mark Wahlberg. oh god you yes, see my point though right like any, what is the any point of these characters that like no one that your exactly, target audience exactly. isn't really gonna know who they see, are maybe then scooby-doo is an old-ass cartoon already Dude, what, i still the, what, i the still 60s? Yeah, it came out. Well, yeah, but then they came out with like, uh, yeah, you know, they try to reboot it, but like the new adventures with like the simple plan theme song, which does goes hard, it goes hard. Oh, and they still come out, they still come out with like animated movies like every once in a while. But if you're being, you know, if you have your basis on characters who, you know, one's a stoner, two of them hook up together, they came out with a Halloween movie, it was like direct to DVD last year, and the villain is Scarecrow from Batman. I I didn't see it, but I heard it was pretty damn good. Well, I know they came out with one that was like Scooby Doo in WWE. Yeah, and, and I saw one. They came out with two of those, and I saw like the first one. I think it was pretty good. It, it, it was dumb, but I, I enjoyed it. And the rumor there's a rumor that there's going to be a Courage of the Cowardly Dog crossover coming out this year, is what I'm hearing. See, that's I another thing. Courage like, Cowardly Dog as a kid, but as I got older, that movie, really oh God, that show scared me, bro. That show yeah. freaked me out, dude. Return the slab. Oh, I was just thinking that one. Don't say that one, you bastard. And then the one, then the one with the pigs, the friggin' pigs in the restaurant. Yes. Oh god, damn it, that fucking show. I want to watch Curse and Carly Dog now. So do you? Do you guys know what a uh, 
what an NFT is. You said it was like non token token. Now Let me look it up. You can buy coal. God. Yeah, essentially, I mean, honestly, essentially, that is what it is. Yeah, it's, it's so, a non fungible, fungible. I don't fun, know how to say fung it. Fungible. Fungible token is a unit of data stored on a digital ledger called a blockchain that certifies a digital asset to be unique and therefore not interchangeable. Uh, so it's Bitcoin. NFTs can be used to represent items such as photos, videos, audio, and other types of digital files. So, yeah, it's just like a digital file that you can um, buy, essentially. And for the most part, it's, uh, from what I can tell, it's like GIFs. Like, last week was WrestleMania and WWE ran some for The Undertaker. Like, one of the GIFs that you can buy or that you could bid on at the time was Undertaker throwing mankind off of Hell Cell, which went for $100,000. A gift that you could probably get anywhere else on the internet. It's just because it has a WWE logo and the Taker logo, and it looks all like fancy and everything because, right before it. Because it's, so where, did, it's a high resolution. So when did gift. this crap start? Because the, the Kevin Smith thing is the first time I heard about it. It's, 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 I'm not sure when it started, but I know it's been trending like maybe the last the last month it's been starting to kind of pick up news to me because i hadn't heard anything about it till this whole yeah do you want to get into this brady the whole or i bet I you think, were... you remember you guys remember nylon cat or whatever Neon cat? yeah I, heard, I did hear yeah. about that yeah. i'm pretty sure that's in a form of an nft yeah but anyway so i was surfing the internet the other night and uh this article popped up that kevin smith is he made this horror movie probably like a couple years ago now called Kilroy was here. Um, his daughter's in it. Uh, Chris Jericho's in it. And it's like another anthology horror movie based off of like, if you guys know your world war two knowledge, there was like a graffiti on the wall, of like some dude looking over a fence and like had a long nose and it says Kilroy was here. And, uh, hold on. But, uh, what you trying to show us? I was trying to show the the you, like the button is down. Yeah. Jeez. <laughs> there it is. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. That. yeah. yeah. Okay. So and it just says Kilroy was here. So he just kind of like bait, wrote a movie around that. And that's that right there, what that picture is of like the long nose and all that is what the slasher throughout the entire movie looks like. And he released the trailer last year and it looked decent. Like it's I didn't comes, know he I didn't know he put it, out a trailer. It's a Kevin Smith movie, so it's like one that um, I would check out just because I like Kevin Smith. And I was reading it. He, starting on, I want to say Wednesday or Thursday of this coming week, 421 of 2021, he's going to start bidding on an NFT. And basically you buy an NFT for the movie and a perk of buying it is once you... Like once you win the the bid, you own the movie. Like you're the only person that owns the movie. Well, that's something. That's pretty interesting, actually. So, but then again, like you can it, buy it, and then what are you gonna do with it? Well, that's what he said. Like he said, if you want to put it in theaters, you can put it in theaters. If you want to make sure that no one ever sees it, you can do that too. Like it's yours. It's yours that you own right after that. Think oh, I don't like way. that. You guys remember. Oh. You because guys, if you buy, if you're to buy it, then you have to put the money up to get it put in theaters. Exactly. 
I mean, the only thing that you could probably do is upload it to YouTube, put it up there for free. So you're totally buying it so we can all watch it, right, Brady? No, I'm not going hey, Brady, to. You're I, Kevin Smith fan here. You go ahead and buy it for us, man. Yeah, honestly, if I did that, I would only show like a few certain friends and then like never lose the file somewhere. You can't remember which hard drive you put it on. You're like, damn it. Let's all pitch in a couple a couple of bucks. Is it Monday or Tuesday? I got I'm like two externals sitting right here. So I'd have for five bucks. I have three dollars. Three dollars. No, I just like the whole idea of you guys remember a few years ago. Cole might not remember this, but I know Joe will because he's a music fan. When Wu-Tang Clan put out that uh, one album, they put he it up for me. bid, and the farmer oh, bro, Martin Shirekli or whatever his name is, yes. was the guy who won it. And it turned into a big old mess, dude. Oh, yeah. that, was, that was so bad. Like, it was so bad. It, I think, and if I remember right, it didn't have like ODB or anybody like that on it. It was like the most current members of Wu-Tang. It was just an album that they made and never put out. And then all of a sudden, yeah. it was like, here, bid on it on eBay, and whoever wins it, they can do whatever they want with it. And then, like, dude ended up going on you, like, Periscope, I think, was big at the time. I think Like, so, for yeah. live streaming. And he got drunk one night and, like, streamed the, the whole album on Periscope. And that was the only time it ever has been, like, released publicly, I think. Yeah, because he never did anything with it. And I think they... I actually, and then they seized it when he got arrested. Yeah, they took it away from him because he had all his, he had all that other legal shit happen. So they basically took it back. But I don't think it ever got released, right? Yeah. So I just like, I get that Kevin Smith comes from like an indie movie mind perspective of like, don't do things normally. Like, think about, uh, have you guys ever seen Red State by him? No. Have you, Cole? No. Okay. So, it's basically his take on the Westboro Baptist Church. It's got, uh, <laughs> it's got, um, oh shoot, John, what's his Goodman. face from Roseanne? Goodman. Yeah, John Goodman. Yeah, John Goodman in it. And uh, he plays an FBI agent who is trying his best not to like let shit hit the fan during uh-huh. this raid. And then shit just hits the fan. Like it gets, it gets bad. Uh, it's got Michael Parks in it, which is one of my favorite Michael Parks like roles ever, because mm-hmm. um, he plays crazy preacher dude, and like it. That's gonna be a movie I'm gonna make you guys watch because that movie to me is amazing. But when it first came out, he toured it on tour, like went like what he did with Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back, or I mean um, reboot. reboot. Yeah, where he toured it in different cities and all that and one night he was like all right we're starting a bid right here who wants to buy this movie i mean he already had like a i'm pretty sure he had a studio ready to put it out and everything like that so he was kind of doing it for jokes but like people were taking serious but like for me i'm just like don't you want people to see your movie man like come on i don't get it like i, I feel just like he don't... might be stuck like he might be like thinking you know, oh, I'm just gonna do you know crazy shit because I'm still indie and stuff like that. But he's he's like the king of nerdum. Like everyone knows who he is at this point. Like it's it's become so mainstream. You know what I mean? Like he also started Jane Silent Bob's crypto studio, where it's like crypt- yeah, that's where he's uh that's where he's doing the bidding from. Okay, it's like a bunch of like special like 
option or memorabilia and shit that you can buy only from there or something like you that. can buy audio from jason muse where he calls you a non-fungible fuck it's just I, like it's so stupid i don't it seems like you're hot to me it seems like you're hopping on a trend to hop on a trend yeah yep that's what comes into me like uh real quick on because i don't know i felt like you, when you said john goodman i feel like john goodman should have been the character in this one movie and you said westboro baptist church it kind of reminded me of of this too did y'all ever see Eli Roth, The Sacrament? Well, I'm sure Cole didn't see it. Brady, did you ever see it? Sacrament. I did not see it. I think so. It was loosely based on the idea. On John Jones. Of, on John Jones and the whole Jonestown situation. I'm pretty sure I saw it a long time ago, yeah. So I really like that. That That's not probably one of my favorite Eli Roth movies. I, I like. Oh, I, I, yeah. I wish John Goodman would have played the main guy at that camp. That wasn't because the Eli been, Roth movie, though, bro. It wasn't? Are you sure? It was it was written by him, but it was actually directed by Ty West. Oh, okay. You know, yeah, yeah, you're right. Okay, well, that's one of my... Because this I came like out when, like, uh, House of the Devil and all that kind of came yeah, out. Yeah. Like, those type of horror movies. I think because I... I I think maybe because he wrote I assumed it was just his, too. I forgot. I, I didn't realize. I'm not going to... Yeah, he didn't direct it, but he did write it. But I really like that movie. And uh, Jarvis C. Clown, because I see clowns on here. He produced Clown. That one, I think, was just on... It's on Netflix. Did you ever see that one? Clown. No, I stopped uh, watching Eli Roth movies for a while. I don't know why, but I did. <laughs> that one's that one was creepy. I feel like if we can find that one, I think that one may be a good one for two for Cole for for uh, for October. Clown actually has an act, a shared actor for the movie we're going to talk about today. Do they? Yeah, Peter Stromer. Oh yeah. Oh yeah 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 yeah. Storm area, yeah. Oh you guys yeah. Want to get to that? Yeah, oh yeah. yeah. Let's go, yeah. Oh, yeah. Let's go, yeah. <laughs> don't you know? Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah, you betcha. Don't you know? Oh yeah. 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 Is that useful to you? Oh, you betcha. Yeah. Yeah. What a good transition. All right. <laughs> okay, so this week, I think our I think our name is actually going to live up to the our, the name of the podcast is actually going to live up to the theme of the. The movie this week because someone did get a moviecation this week and that was cole uh he we decided to rewind things a bit and watch fargo for the first time well cole's first time and uh man i i love it but i want to start off with what cole thinks about it and all that because it was his first time and i've been really like interested to hear because he texted throughout the movie a couple times like oh man Oh man, but I told him not to like tell us just to write it down because mm-hmm. I didn't want to hear like pre thoughts. Yeah, so I went into this, I went into this not knowing. I knew one thing I knew that Steve Buscemi was in this. That was the only thing I knew. I didn't know the plot. I didn't know what I didn't even know what genre or anything this was. I knew. Did you know that, who was directing it and all that? I knew that it was the Coen brothers and I knew okay. that it was. And I knew that it was Steve Buscemi. I knew it had an R rating. That's all I knew. So I go into this, and I I I had a lot of fun with this. I was not it had had a bunch of twists and turns I wasn't expecting. And uh, the and it just kept like it just kept building and building. I'm just like I, I just kept getting shocked like over and over. Like just yeah, I I really enjoyed it. My only thing. And I don't really think they explained it in the movie. Why? Why did he need the money? To like, what was there? To, I don't think it was ever really explained why he needed the money. 
to buy a parking lot. He was trying to make a ice. I don't you know. He said a lot, but his father-in-law said, "I've owned a couple parking lots." I wasn't sure if he meant like a just like just a plain ass parking lot. Because I looked online and like an if or if he was trying to start like a uh, a dealership, so he meant like a car lot. Well, I looked online and people were saying that that's never really said. So I I just didn't really. I figured it was kind of left open for interpretation. But that was my that was my only issue with it. I just didn't get why he needed the money. But other than that, they, I, you they, know. they touch on it real quick. Hang on, I'm, I'm gonna pull my notes up here because it was during the conversation you had with the father-in-law. Uh, let's see here. Let's see. <laughs> see, it makes more sense that it's a car lot, not just a fucking parking lot. <laughs> yeah, but, I'm so, so dumb. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't like they have. They're having a, a phone call, and uh, Jerry, which is uh, the main character, he was trying yeah. to tell the father-in-law, "Hey, you know, did you look at that proposal I had? You know, for the lot." But then the the father-in-law said parking lot specifically. But I don't know, maybe he just said, you know, parking lot because he's an older man. He's like, oh, whatever. It's just, a, you know, it's just a lot, you know. But I assume yeah. you'll either a parking lot or a car lot. A car know, lot makes sense. Yeah, it does. But, but, but yeah, um, you know, the cat, you know, the cast was great. Uh, I liked, uh, what was the, what was the uh, cops? That, Margie. I liked her. I liked her a lot. Marge. Marge, Margie. I think it's Margie, is it not? It it, they say it all. Yeah, yeah. Well, but like, because uh, her husband, her husband calls her Margie. Yeah, well, I like. Oh, Margie. Yeah, I liked Marge. Uh, freaking Steve Buscemi, my God. That Steve man, Buscemi that with man, a mustache, man. That man is a national treasure. Kind of funny looking. In what way? I don't know. Just funny looking. He, he's kind of funny looking, though. Yeah. Oh, God, in a general kinda, way. Not kind of funny looking. In a general way. <laughs> God, I love that scene. So, oh my God! You know, after after watching, since I just recently watched Boardwalk Empire, like I've always kind of liked Steve that. Buscemi. Yeah, I've always kind of liked Steve Buscemi, but like, I, like I've only known him since, like, I've only known him for uh, like Adam Sandler movies, which he's funny in those movies. You know, he's great in those. But after seeing Boardwalk Empire, then watching this again, I'm like, man, this dude's good. Like, he's a good actor. Like, I never doubted he was a good actor, but I know him, him from. Other I things. knew I knew him from two things before this. Monsters Inc. and Big Lebowski, and I went he's into this. In Monsters Inc. He, he was, was Randall. Yeah, he's Randall. Forgot about that. Yeah. Okay. Can you hear? I it never. Now? Did you think about? Yeah, it? yeah. I, know that. I just never knew yeah. that. Maybe it's because I was young and I didn't care about like actors and stuff like. Yeah. Back then. But no, I went into this joking that it was a prequel to Big Lebowski. That yeah no, <laughs> <laughs> no. Shut the fuck up, Donnie. Sir, you went over the line with that one. Come on now. Donnie, you're out of your element. My <laughs> friends joke with me all the time that I'm Donnie. I'm just like, okay. I mean, I can see it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Donnie, you're out of your element. One of, the, one of the things I did write down for this was the fact that I personally think Steve Buscemi is a very underrated actor. He is. I'd agree. Like, because if you think about it, when you think Steve Buscemi, you think bit roles. I tend to like, think of him in like said, Adam Sandler movies. Adam Sandler is, movies. Yeah. But uh he wow, when he gets a role like this, he really shines. You know what role he did really good at? Have you guys seen uh King of Staten Island yet? No, I need to. No. 
So it's got um, it's got Pete, Pete Davidson, Davidson in it. Yeah, yeah, and it's based off. Um, I'm pretty sure Pete Davidson wrote it with Judd Apatow, but it's about a kid who wants to be, or someone like in his 20s, who wants to be uh, a tattoo artist, but his mom is trying to get him to become uh, a firefighter for New York. And it's loosely autobiographical because if you don't know, Pete Davidson's dad was actually a New York firefighter who died in 9-11. Oh, okay. If you don't know this... And if you don't know this about Steve Buscemi, before he was an actor, he was a firefighter for New York. Then he became an actor. I didn't know that. Listen listen to this. This is the best. This is my favorite thing about Steve Buscemi right here. So before he was an actor, he was a firefighter in New York. Then he became an actor. Then 9-11 happened. And on the day 9-11 happened, he went in secretly under, like basically undercover as, and reinstated his firefighters stuff. And help them clean up after 9 11. I know. Yeah. That's pretty cool. And he kept it, and they kept it under wraps. They didn't make a big deal about it. He didn't want it to be a big deal because it wasn't about him. And that's, and it came out like 15, 10 or 15 years later that this happened. And like people are like, oh shit, Steve Buscemi's the man. And that's kind of like where his resurgence came out again. Yeah, that's pretty cool. I didn't know. But Steve Buscemi's in in uh King of Staten Island, and he's not like in a big role like this, like he is in Fargo, but he has a big enough role. And like there's lines in there in that movie where I'm pretty sure he's not reading script. I'm pretty sure he's just saying what he and pretty much any other firefighter would say about to a kid that lost his his dad you know like it was it was really good uh but anyway yeah steve buscemi man like he makes this movie to me him and um francis mcdermott are like amazing and then there was peter stormare as the uh i can't think of the character's name but uh i I couldn't pronounce it because it's g-a-e yeah it was it was something something weird yeah but he he was steve buscemi's partner in this and he he kind of gave me the chills. Like he kind of he was scary scary looking dude. He only has like 18 minutes worth of dialogue or something like that. I I read it was like 80 words total. Yeah, it's it's like nothing at all. Yeah. I mean, it was effective though. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, but uh John Carroll Lynch, man, the guy who plays Norm, which yeah. is uh Yes, which is uh, I didn't even white or husband. I I cannot watch that dude. I cannot watch that dude ever like anymore after watching Zodiac. He will always be his character in Zodiac to me. And anytime, and I've seen Fargo. He's in Zodiac. Yeah, yeah. He plays basically the main suspect. Okay. There was a. I didn't check that. I didn't even realize who he was till like the last shot of the movie. It clicked. I'm like. Oh, like I realized what I'd seen him in before because he was in The Founder. He was uh, Mac McDonald. And then he was in Walking Dead at, at some po- at one point. Yeah, he was the guy who played the Terrapin. The guy yeah. who taught Morgan how to be like a peaceful ninja. He was basically Master Splinter. Yeah, that episode I didn't like that you gave me crap about not liking. I love that episode. Uh, but he, was also, <laughs> he was also in Zodiac. And uh, he also plays Twisty the Clown in American Horror Story. Yeah, I, I was reading that on his Wikipedia page. That I had no idea that he was Twisty the Clown. That's cool. But yeah, anytime I see that dude after watching Zodiac, never not see Arthur Lee Allen. 
So do I need to watch Zodiac? Yes, Zodiac's so good. Oh, dude, Zodiac's it's movie, so good. good. It's like almost three hours long. But dude, oh, that's... and like you like you know going back to what Brady's saying about his character in Zodiac. One day, when they go back to his job to kind of tell him, "Hey, like we we think you're the guy," and they kind of want to like they're questioning him more. It gets so tense during that during that conversation. I think that's like one of the last parts of the movie, if I remember correctly. Um, but like they they think he's the guy, and they're like questioning him real deep. You know, they're asking him about this and that, and I'm like, it gets tense. But yeah, his character in that movie, like every time I see him, I just think of him in Zodiac. It's at the same way I think of Anthony Hopkins as fucking Hannibal Lecter. Every time I see him in a movie, never so, never seen Silence of the Lambs either. Oh, he was more than just Silence of the Lambs. He was yeah, he's uh, just more than that. But like, pretty, it's, he wasn't in Red Dragon, but Silence of the Lambs, Hannibal. Well, I know it was multiple. Others. I know it was multiple. Yeah, multiple things, movies, but, but yeah, like, it's it's because like he has like he gives that look with his eyes. He's just talking, you know. Yeah. But uh, I always think about this. There's a scene in Thor in the the first Thor movie when Hopkins is talking to uh to uh to Thor and he's like he's standing like on a on a steps like high above, higher above Thor he kind of turns to him but he has that he has that signs of the lamb look in his eyes and oh it gives me chills I'm like no matter how old he gets he's always gonna have that one look in his eyes and it's, it creeps me out every time still I forgot so, that he played Odin in Thor yeah. So Joe, being as someone that has seen this movie before and like you rewatching it, I'm sure for like me, it's been a while. What did you have any new takes on it or what? I really enjoyed the I enjoyed the pacing of the movie, and I I I just, I just thought it was really good. Like you know it you know I don't watch too many too many movies from like from my childhood, like from the nineties and stuff like that specifically. Like I'll watch movies from the eighties and stuff like that and the two thousands, but not necessarily from the nineties too much. So to see this one again, like it was, it was refreshing to see these characters, to see these actors that I know and who I enjoy to see them kind of like, you know, at a younger time of their lives and to see them going, you know, being acting out, you know, like William, to see William Macy. Um, my girlfriend's been watching Shameless, which he's, He's one of the big characters in that show, Shameless. So to see him as a younger guy again and not be some useless drug addict or drunk, to see him as a normal person, I was like, oh, this is good. And then seeing Steve Buscemi, uh, you know, as Carl, I was like, oh, he looks, you know, even though he's probably like an adult, he's he still looks younger compared to what I've seen him lately. But I enjoy it. Like, I enjoy the, like, how sharp Marge is when they first call her out to the crime scene. Yeah, she got she hit the She's nail like, right on the head immediately. Yeah, sharp, dude. And like how quick she was to just break down the whole scenario. Like, oh, this is exactly what happened. I know, I already know what happened. And to just you know to make it seem like it was, it was just it was so normal. Like it was just like okay, we're, we're just watching them like on no, like a normal regular day. But then they kind of tie in some humor with her pregnancy, and she's like, I think we're gonna puke, and she's like. And then her, 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 so her, her partner's like, "Are you okay?" She's like, "Yeah, it's just morning sickness." And yeah. like, you know, just just the small quirky things like that. I was like, "Dude, this is this is good stuff." And like, just the the pace of it. And like I said, I was kind of confused, like like Cole said at first, but then I was like, "It has to be either a parking lot or a, you know, or a car, you know, a car dealership that he's trying to invest in because he wants a lot of money." I'm like, "Why is it so expensive just to make a parking lot?" 
And that's why I was that's why I was thinking more of a dealership, especially since they were he was dealing with stuff with the bank and about the cars he bought and they couldn't read all the all the VIN numbers on it. So that's what made me assume that he was trying to do some something real skinny with his own dealership and just like steal all this uh, you know, inventory and go on his well, way. You know, like I said earlier, like I was looking it up online and people were saying that it's never stated in the movie, but people had theories like, oh, maybe he owed someone else money and we just don't, we we just don't hear about it or so. Well, it's very much, you can tell right off the bat that it's very much one of those, I don't know the correct word. Open to interpretation. Well, yeah, but uh, I want to say like niche type. 90s movies that came out because like like pulp fiction um obviously fargo like think about it think about it with pulp fiction you know you got the briefcase there's so many theories on what's inside the briefcase that is true yeah there's it's the fact that it's marcellus wallace's soul and that's why he has a band-aid on the back of his head there's the fact that it's money and in actuality it's literally just a light bulb yeah <laughs> Yeah, I mean, never so, seen Pulp Fiction. Oh my god! It's on my it's on my list. I swear. Getting back to it, uh, Central City all over again. I'm just gonna look, say that. Look, my brother has been telling me for years I need to watch Pulp Fiction. It's on my list. One of the things that made me laugh in the movie was uh, there's a scene where Marge is asleep. You know, she's at home, her and Norm asleep, and she gets a call in the middle of the night, and it's this dude named Mike Yanagita. He was like, hey, hey, I saw you on the TV. How's it going? And trying to have a normal conversation. Yeah. And like, I mean, she still was, what, um, it's like, what, 1045? Which is early. I mean, I guess to me, I guess. But she was already asleep and I get it. I mean, she's pregnant. But um, I just thought it was like, and that's another thing. Like, I feel like, I guess that's just the way people are from, you know, North Dakota and I guess Minneapolis, like Minnesota, where they're like kind of going back and forth between, but that, you know, they weren't aggressive. They were very like, I guess, nice to each other and like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, everyone knows kind of everyone has kind of vibe. Because like, I feel like when the when we see Jerry back at the car dealership and he's arguing uh, with a couple about trying to get some extra shit on their car as they buy, like he was getting trying to sell like basically like an add-on to the vehicle. And the guy's yeah. like, no, that's not what I what I want. You know, you know, I didn't, you know, you told this me rid- it wasn't gonna be this way. This is ridiculous. Get my checkbook. But he looked so scared to say fuck. Yeah. And he said it. And but he was like, you know, they're so friendly and they're you know normal. I guess especially back then, like you know, nowadays we say fuck and it's like, oh, no big deal. But back then, I guess, you know, they're just so like said, going back to that's just the way they are around, they're friendly. He said fuck and it his wife was like it seemed like she was like very taken back about the idea of him cussing so i thought that, i thought that was somebody like say yeah but yeah going back to mike to the mike yanagita situation you know being a weird phone call i feel like all the phone calls in the in the movie are kind of you know kind of funny in their certain ways like when jerry uh gets well when carl calls jerry uh talking about more blood's been shed because this was this was just supposed to be a simple kidnapping of the wife yeah so they can get money and jerry can be on his way and it turned into so much more it you know it blew up to so much more well it's supposed to be just a simple kidnapping 
turned into the murder of a state trooper, which turned into a murder of two civilians, which then turned into even more murders as people, you know, got more and more tied in. And it just kept blowing up. And it was just, you know, it, just, it got out of control so quickly. And like, to me, that was just funny because it was just supposed to be like a stupid, simple job. Yeah. And Carl just let it, like, it, it, it got way out of hand, and Carl doesn't even realize how much out of hand it got. Oh, and I'm sorry, I'm a, Jerry doesn't know how much how, how out of hand it got because Carl is the one dealing with all this shit. And he's the one, you know, getting all banged up, you know, and just trying to keep shit together. Yeah, the moment where I just can where I just had the oh shit moment was uh when the when when the wife's dad goes to like conf- confront uh yeah. Steve Buscemi. Yes. Oh my god. That that whole thing was just and he wanted to offer so much more money and like he and I don't and that was another thing like they only wanted 80k, you know. After the phone call that, yeah, that call I had with Jerry, you know, he was like, you know, blood's been shed, Jerry. Uh, you know, blood has been shed. We need, you know, I want 80k now. I don't want just 40k. I want 80k. But then the dad was willing to give a million dollars for his daughter. You know, like no problem. Like yeah, yeah, because he has the money. Yeah. And then so when when Carl sees the money, he's like, "What the fuck? Like this is a shit ton more money." So he takes 80k and then yeah, that's. Yeah, buries and the rest kill, of it, and then he kills the guy at the ticket booth to let him out of the parking lot. The uh, well, the killing of the guy in the ticket booth to let him out of the parking lot is kind of a continuation of him going to the airport and trying to leave like two seconds later. Yeah, and the guy was like, "Yeah, no." Like, so I think that was just it. frustration boiled over. That's the way yeah. they had that play off. Of uh, but you said it's uh, there's always some kind of funny about like the phone calls throughout the movie. Yeah. So fun fact. When Carl or Steve Buscemi calls Jerry again and says, um, 30 minutes and this will all be wrapped up. Guess how many minutes are left in the movie at that exact moment? 30 minutes. 29 30 minutes. Minute, 30 minutes. <laughs> to the T. That's a joke. That's, awesome. that's, that's, that's a line in a, jo- in a joke that I see. And like, I see, not, I don't see it too often in movies. But I'll see it in like cartoons sometimes because I, um, like I know, like there was an episode of SpongeBob where there's a character that tells SpongeBob, "Oh, you managed to kill 11 minutes. That's the runtime of an episode." So I, I love, <laughs> I love stuff like that. Yeah, and I'm sure, I'm sure those writers got it from Fargo. They probably did. <laughs> I mean, probably. If, if not somewhere else before then, but yeah, uh, yeah. So I hadn't watched it in probably like, I would probably say five to ten years, at best, and. I absolutely just fell in love with the movie again. I totally had my iPad out like I did for Godzilla versus Kong. And you guys know I wrote all those notes down and all that. Um, and I totally plan on just like sitting there, having a drink, watching the movie and typing out my notes. And I couldn't, I literally shut my iPad off and just focused on the movie. And I yeah. can't tell you the last time I did that with a movie where Same I just here. absolutely like just zoned out. I was trying to make notes throughout the bit, you know, because like I'll have like here, like, uh, like when Marge first shows up, like she's the overseeing officer of the, of the homicide. And I put, oh geez, because they kept saying that a lot, like you know, oh geez. Ah, but geez. then like, oh, uh, 
I was like, they ate Arby's, and I feel like Arby's is like a very nineties, you know, style of eatery. There was a lot. There was there was Arby's, there was Hardee's, and I won't say there was one other Hardee's. restaurant. They talked about Pancake House, which I assume was IHOP, because he's like, "Want to go to Pancake House? I'm hungry." In the in the car, he's like, "We're look." He goes, "We'll we'll get there. We'll eat. We'll get late. All right." <laughs> one thing I noticed when they were eating Arby's, those were not curly fries. No. So did Arby's weren't. did Arby's used to have like regular fries? I think they still do. Like you can have regular or curly fries, but I don't. I've see. never seen regular fries at Arby's. Well, because you, of course, you want to get the curly fries. I mean, That's those true. are obviously the god tier fries. Uh, yeah, I, I, was, I, was, I was trying to make notes, but yeah, like, like 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 Brady said, like I was just I was falling for the movie so much. I got excited when I saw Jose Feliciano. I was like, hey, you know, because they're him. Steve Buscemi goes with that escort to like a little having dinner and there's a concert oh yeah like the jazz concert or whatever it yeah, is yeah it's Jose Feliciano which he does like the popular version of Feliz Navidad come Christmas time like you hear it all the time trust me on the, on the radio come Christmas I didn't know that was him though that's, that's cool. him yeah so like you you probably don't realize it but yeah that is him come Christmas time you hear it all the time so he was playing like his you know his guitar I was like oh that's cool but I was you know, I was trying to make notes but yeah just the I guess the quirkiness of the movie, like the, but I guess it's just because of the way people are from that area. Uh, I guess that they don't, they're not very confrontational. They're very helpful with each other. Uh, the Mikey and Agita scene at the, at the Radisson. At the bar. At the bar at the Radisson. Oh, it was so cringy. <laughs> It's yeah. so cringy because he's sitting there so telling cringy. her this whole story that's not even true. It's not even true. And, and then that's he, the thing. And then he goes and sits next to her and puts his arm around. I'm just like, dude, what are you doing? I I, I felt bad for I felt bad for her. Like, I just I'm like just it. Like, her excuse is the best excuse ever, though. She's like, oh, it's not that I don't want you here. It's just I don't want to cringe my neck, you know. Where's, yeah. where's my note for it? Hang on. I was like, I was like, Mike gonna get his sleaze. And then he goes, Oh, my wife died. And I was like, fuck, but his wife died, so never mind. He's lonely. <laughs> it's okay. But then, yeah, like. You know that situation, and then her phone call later when she calls somebody else and says, "Oh, I ran into Mike," and she's telling the person on the phone, uh, you know, about his wife. And he's like, "Oh, she didn't die. Like they were never, <laughs> they, even never married. They, they were never married." <laughs> and I put back my notes. I was like, "He's a fucking weirdo." <laughs> I mean, who else calls someone at ten forty-five at night? Like, ah, oh, I saw Dude. you on the TV. Yeah. Oh shit, man. See, that's the thing. I think that that goes back to their just the way they are and you know in those towns and like like when they talk to mr mora the old man that's you know you know scraping the street up about seeing uh Steve seeing the guys <laughs> and he's just like you know going about oh yeah yeah so i saw this and this and this i figured like, yeah in. so i called it in yeah he was just so, so casual about it so yeah what do you what do you look like he was funny looking funny looking out no, just funny looking <laughs> funny in a, gen- a general way it's just <laughs> oh god i love man i forgot how great this movie is Dude, another like, another moment was when shep showed up and just started beating the tar oh out of god. steve buscemi I, oh my god so that was after the, the jose feliciano concert and and of course at that point you know buscemi's getting laid by that by the escort yeah but i could not take it seriously because she's like she's not she's not moaning or anything she's just like Pay the oh, bills yeah. or something like that. Oh yeah, I hear the bells. How you feeling? How's it going? Like you know, just real casual about it. <laughs> and then here comes Shep. Was like, move, bitch! You know, and it starts wham. wham. 
start whooping Steve Buscemi's ass. And it came out of nowhere, too. And I'm just, I was like, what the hell is happening? And you could tell, like, you know, they they overdub his audio. You can tell. Oh, yeah, because when he's beating him up, his mouth is not even moving. Yeah, it's not moving, but you can you can hear the audio. Yeah. But I noticed that last night too. The ass open he hands out to to Steve, the neighbor, and he kicks the prostitute in the ass as she's running down the hallway. So good. <laughs> oh man. The movie itself just looks beautiful too, like framing wise and everything. Yeah. Yeah. I really enjoyed it. It's hard. It's movie. really hard to believe that that snow was not real. Yeah, I had no idea that I thought it was real snow. Yeah, I thought so too until you brought it up, and I was like, "God, I could not like the so what scene, So what did they use to make the snow? Like what? It probably like I I think normally for fake snow in a um any movies like cornstarch with some water to make it look like snowflakes. Yeah, like to uh, look thick, and that's the thing that I want to know about now. Like knowing that it's fake snow, like uh. That was a lot of fake snow. Like, well, yeah, and this is what I want to know about. So, in the original, like the original Halloween, was actually filmed in California. It takes place in Illinois, but it was filmed in California, right? Mm-hmm. So, there's a couple scenes where you can see a little bit of a palm tree, but if you've watched the movie, you know there's like leaves flying in the background and stuff like that, right? Yeah, but you don't get that type of leaf in California. So, what they did is they collected a bunch of leaves, put them in a garbage bag, and would throw them into the scene as needed rake them all up put them back in the garbage bag go to the next scene and use them as needed so i'm wondering if they did something like that with like the fake snow like obviously you can't like scoop up cornstarch and because eventually it's going to turn into like just mush yeah yeah but like if they had a container of the snow or something or if they had like a snowblower that was able to like push it out or whatever yeah. I'm sure they do. Like, you know, they have machines like that. And like I said, they, you know, I didn't know it was fake snow until you mentioned it right before we came on. And I was already thinking like in the opening sequence where you see the you see the car, you know, pulling the Sierra, the you know, almost automobile Sierra that they're driving. I'm like, God, I could not imagine driving in the snow. Well, he had chains vehicle. on his tire. But still, like the I guess well, Which is I, such know, a, a Midwestern thing to do, by the way. Yeah. But for me, not not really growing up well i have you know i haven't really experienced snow but a couple times in my life and not toward the point where it's like you know the way how bad it was where they were showing it yeah but like i would never want to be doing that kind of situation i think personally for me as someone who is from indiana and has been like experienced like legitimate snow and not and now i live in georgia and we have like our our version of snow is you get it for like four hours. It melts by noon. You got to go to school the next day. Like it's boring, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Uh, the thing, and I didn't know until I looked it up last night that it was fake snow, but the part that really told me like after knowing that, that yeah, it's fake snow was right after Steve Buscemi shot uh, the old dude, the, the father of the mm-hmm. girl that he kidnapped. And he like Tokyo dressed out of the parking lot. Like, you can't do that on regular snow. You would be sliding all over the place. This dude, perfect <laughs> traction went, and he was perfectly fine. Yeah. But honestly, if I never knew that it was fake snow. You can't you could, tell. I, no. no. And I'm sure, like, not all of it was fake. Like, like I said, it was in the area that they were filming uh, the f- hottest winter on record in 100 years. So it's like a weird thing for it to happen at all. But, like... Yeah, they wow. <laughs> That's all I gotta say is wow. You see, I, I listened to um, 
I'm a big fan of the show The Office. So I listen to the Office League podcast, which they talk about a lot of the behind the scenes stuff that they do on the show. And most of it was shot, well, they, you know, they shot the show in, in California, but they made it seem like they were in, you know, in Scranton, Pennsylvania. Uh, but they would use ice, like, I, I forget the company, but basically they had made, like, it was an ice machine that they had, like, set up on the building to make it seem like it was snowing. And they would put fake snow all over the place. And uh, we were rewatching it now on, on Peacock. And we noticed that there's a scene where Oscar calls in sick and they go stake out his house to make sure he is sick. Yeah, I remember that episode. Well, okay, so there's only there's only snow on his house. And if you kind of, as the scene, like the, the camera is far enough back to where you see all of his house, but as you kind of look toward the edges, there's not really snow on the other homes, but there's melted snow kind of huh. just on kind of just on his property. I'll have to rewatch that episode. Yeah, but like I said, it's probably because they're all in, you know, it's mostly filmed in Hollywood. Right. And like they're they're supposed to be pretending that they're cold, you know, on certain situations when it's, you know, it's hot outside because they're in California, but they're wearing like all their thicker, you know, like winter gear because it's supposed to be in the winter there. So I'm like, that's that kind of shit made me kind of like, oh well. And you know, I don't, I don't realize that because they make it seem so like, oh yeah, this is the place. But I guess that's just you know, that's Hollywood working its magic very well. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. It's just like, um, I'm pretty sure the building that they actually filmed in, or I'm not building that they actually, but like the building that you know as the office building, mm-hmm. is actually in Scranton, and they yes. like, yeah, they like is. used it like once for some exterior shots, and pretty much yeah. the same exterior shot is used all the time. Yeah, that's all it yeah. is. Like they they found a bunch of shots, but then they went back to Hollywood with it. Yeah, anyway, man, I just... mean, this movie like, and another thing that I like to do while watching old movies like this or older movies like this, um, is you know go on IMDb and go into the trivia section. That's where I learned the fake snow thing. But again, it was just like I could not not pay attention. Like I was glued to my TV. Yeah, same. Like I said, I, I was trying to take note, but I was I, I wanted to just watch the movie and enjoy it more because it was just it was an enjoyable movie to watch. You know, you don't you don't kind of see them like that anymore. Like it was it was it was a thriller because it was a whole murder and it could become more murderous. But it was almost comical how they were kind of getting deeper and deeper into this hole of, damn it, we killed somebody else, and they've like. I like how they don't explicitly say that, yeah, he, uh, his partner killed um, William H. Macy's, like, wife. And yeah. she's like, what, what the fuck happened to her? Oh, he, she, she just kept talking. And, like, you can faintly see the blood the splatter on the stove. And that's yeah. how you figure out that she's dead. You're like, hmm. <laughs> the fucking wood chipper scene. <laughs> one, the, the scene that got me. The scene that got me was when they go and break into the house because, you know, Will. Oh uh, my God, dude! I was. So, so Jerry thinks he's gonna get the money, so he's trying to call. He's trying to cancel the kidnapping, and he was. But he, he's he's telling Shep, "Hey, do you, do you have a number for these guys? You know, I you know I don't I don't need to do this after all." He's like, "No." But when they show up to the house, the wife is watching. Gene is watching TV, and here comes fucking Buscemi. He walks up to the window. He goes, peers in. And she watches him. Peer- watching him do it, peering the, in. Yeah. And he doesn't even notice her. And she's right there, just mouth kind of open, like, 
And why at that point? Why wasn't she running? Like, yeah. <laughs> that was like, my thought. I'm like, what? Run! What are you doing? Like, like the fact that he doesn't notice her, and the fact that she just sits there watching him do it. I'm. And I was like, what? I was like, what the fuck? And then she, you know, he breaks the window, and then she starts screaming and running. And then here comes Storm Mary through the front door. When he first came in through the front door, I thought he was in a in a in a bathrobe. Because it looked like a like it was just a long like leather trench coat, but it looked like a bathrobe to me at first. I was like, "Why is it a bathrobe?" But I was like, "Oh, it's just a long leather trench coat." But the, you know, the whole interaction inside the house with them struggling with her, and as she locks herself in the in the bathroom, and I was like, "Is that a crank window?" Because she's like, like panicking and cranking the window. I was like, "Oh, she's never gonna get out." I was like, "It's going too slow," <laughs> and you could see them like they're. They put the damn uh, crowbar into the door, and they're they're prying it open. And then you hear them argue, "You want to do this?" Like because they're bitching to each other, you can't oh, like hurry up, open the door. And Bishem, you can hear Bishem say, "Do you want to do this?" Or something like something on the lines. Yeah. And then they bust the door open. But Storm well, like the fact that he wears, he yeah, and he just doesn't wear his ma- ski no, mask he, for the entire time, pretty much. He gets bit, and he's like. Oh, he takes his mask off. Like he's not like he doesn't want to play anymore. Like I got hurt. I'm not playing no more, guys. Essentially. And I love the fact that it was technically her own fault that she fell down the stairs. Cause she was wrapped up in the shower curtain and she just starts running and screaming. I'm like, okay, first of all, you're an idiot. Like, what what are you? But yeah, that whole thing is is like this movie to me is one of the, I would say, many 90s movies that feels very, like, niche and independent and, like, something that you can't really capture the feel of again, even though it right. was released by a big... um, I think it was released by, like, Lionsgate, I want to say. No. Yeah, yeah, I think it was. Because I swear um, I remember seeing the... No, I think it may have been MGM. I think it was MGM. Hold on, I'll tell you in one second because I was just on the page. Uh, MGM. Yeah, MGM. Got the old VHS right here. Is that what you watched it on? No, I ended up just streaming it on Amazon because I was too lazy to plug it. That's that's what I did. Yeah, I watched it on Amazon. I'm trying to. I'm looking at other things, but. Cause like I like I like Coen Brothers. They they're they're great, great writers. So Big Cole, Lebowski was also them, wasn't it? Yeah, Big Lebowski. Yeah. Have you also seen them. Big Lebowski? Yeah. So um. So like, okay. To- compare. Okay. So obviously you can't compare them because it's two different genres. Yeah. Type of type of movie, but or or even yet, have you seen Big uh, Oh Brother Where Art Thou? No, I have not. That that movie we'd have to do we got to do one because that one's based on it's loosely based on the Odyssey, yeah. And it's in where are they at? Are they in Georgia? It's Antebellum South, essentially. I think. Yeah, essentially Antebellum South, but uh, it's such a beautiful movie. <laughs> you run O F F T off, and it's 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 just it's so it's just such a it's a funny movie, and you know so many great actors in it, and the music's really good. So uh, that's one but, movie we have, to, we have to. You'd have to watch yeah. that movie for like that's okay, such so a good movie. Seeing Fargo and then seeing Big Lebowski, 
if you had <laughs> this is this is really random but if you knew you were going to be stranded on a desert island and you could only pick between those two movies which one would you pick big lebowski really okay yeah just because you like the comedy aspect more yeah yeah if i'm gonna be stranded on a desert island i might as well laugh myself to death while i'm out there which not that I wouldn't I would, laugh I would with Fargo because I, I I laughed with Fargo, but Big Lebowski is just just. I, I would agree, especially because if the depression, you would get on a deserted island by yourself. You don't need to see death. <laughs> yeah, so and often. to me, Big Lebowski is like more quotable. It's more, you know. Yeah, well, you know that's just like uh, your opinion, man. It wasn't until a few years ago. It was like 2018. Uh, me, me and my, me and some friends of mine, they were showing it at our local theaters. It was a 20th anniversary screening. Tickets were five bucks. We were bored with nothing to do. We we're like, sure, let's go see this. It'll kill, kill a few hours. Oh my god! I need to watch I, it again. It's, I, been, I, it's been a couple years. Yeah, I freaking loved it. But like, honestly, you know, they do when we're they done do recording, they do, they do Fargo. I mean, Big Lebowski, Oh Brother Where Art Thou. Have you no seen the Battle of Buster Scruggs? Yes, I was about to say the Battle of Buster Scruggs is so good. Um, so Every have you seen it, Cole? The ballad of no, I'm not. It wasn't. Do you know the Do movie. you know the meme? Uh, like it's just like James Franco in a noose, and he's like first time. Oh, is that what that's from? That's from yeah. Netflix. Okay, because he doesn't die. <laughs> it's a bunch of short films in one. Yeah, it's on. It's on Netflix. You should watch it. It's pretty good. The, t- the one with Tim Blake okay. Nelson, the opening one. Yes. was absolutely just like the best amazing and it, it it literally went from coen brothers to tarantino very quick because like it's it's like this very light-hearted movie that all of a sudden he's just like kicking a board and shooting some guy in the head like 10 times i'm like what the fuck have y'all <laughs> seen hail caesar which is another coen movie no uh-huh. that was one i wanted to go see. it has um han solo in it young han oh, solo okay uh eric and, golden uh, Rider, or whatever it is george Clooney's in it too yeah it was, a, it was an interesting movie. I've it was seen like a, it's like one of those movies where they're like making an old Hollywood movie too, right? Yeah, yeah, they're making an old Hollywood movie, and he gets, I think, he gets kidnapped by, uh, I want to say, communist. <laughs> yeah. Every time someone mentioned, every time I just hear the, the, every time I just hear the name the Cullen Brothers, I think of one of my favorite like actor stories. It was Bill Murray when he signed up to do the Garfield movie. He, he saw the last name Cohen on the script. He's like, oh, I'll do it. No problem. Only to find out it was not one of the Cohen brothers and it was a different <laughs> Cohen entirely. Oh, yeah, they so also good. did uh, Nicolas Cage's uh, Raising Arizona. Yeah. I would say No Country for Old Men was one of those heard- movies that like just, there's literally zero music in the movie. I've heard yeah. that's a good movie, but it's, it, it, really it, it's so they did the remake of True Grit with Je, uh, Jeff Bridges, and then okay. Inside Lou and Davis, which I still haven't seen before. No, I'm not. I need to watch that one, dude. Oh, it that's has got Oscar uh, Isaac in it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Poe Dameron. <laughs> but man, they did a lot. Like, so they had like Fargo, and then their next movie was Big Lebowski, and then their next movie was Oh Brother, Where Art Thou? Which that's like hit after hit after hit, man. Yeah, and then it wasn't. Well, they do. It's interesting. I knew this about the Coen Brothers before I ever, like, started watching more than just like their hits. But they actually put out uh, movies quite like a year apart from each other, essentially. Um, and so, like, Fargo is more of a crime movie. Mm-hmm. There's your serious movie. 
But then what was next? The Big Lebowski, which was more of a, it's still a crime movie, but more of a comedy movie. So one year they would put out a serious movie and the next year they would put out a funny movie. And that's always been their release schedule that they've always done. And if you, Barton Fink, they did that one too. And that one has um, John Turturro in it and John Goodman. Which I always heard was a good movie. Uh, Burn After Reading. I don't know if you've ever seen that one, but don't. <laughs> their next movie is uh, The Tragedy of Macbeth. I don't know when that's coming out, but that's their next one. And it's from A24, so I'm like, oh, you got my attention. Oh, and it's only one of them that's doing it. It's only Joel. 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 Yeah. Interesting. Also, fu- also, fun fact, Joel is married to Francis McDormand. Yeah. They got married, I want to say, around the time of Fargo. No, it says 84. Oh, yeah, earlier. Okay, cool. That's why she's in a lot of their stuff. Yeah. See, I, I like when, like, when, uh, when, like, writers use the same characters, you know, or same actors over time. Because, like, if yeah. you're looking at the movies, like, Francis McDormand's a common one. Uh, like, I really enjoy Wes Anderson movies because I always love that he has so many of the same actors in the movies. You know, because, like, Bill Murray's a recurring actor in his movies. Uh, one of the Wilson brothers is always usually in one of them. It's so like Tim Burton and Johnny Depp and uh, Helena Bottom Carter. But like to have like recurring people they usually work with. I like when they do that because they it's like the, the writer knows the writer knows who you know who they're working with and how it's going to be. And they're like, you know, so I feel like they can feed off of that and they know better hey this is how it's going to sound this is how it's going to be yeah and I know you said my mic's cutting out I'm sorry I don't know what I don't know what's wrong with it you probably invest in an actual mic family <laughs> <laughs> no I mean I just like I gotta say for a movie that is well over 20 years old and like I'm not saying it's it's a bad movie at all and there is movies that are 20 years old that are bad movies and stuff like that like just do not age well but for me i feel like this movie aged really well and it's it's crazy to me that i was able to sit down and actually just watch the movie yeah and like not be distracted because it keeps you pretty enticed i feel like nowadays you know you put on a new movie and you're watching and you're you're invested but you're you're still checking your phone you're still kind of like you know twiddling around you know doing something different Texting you guys telling you how much of a bullshit movie it is. Yeah, you know, or shit like that, you know. Like we're we're live messaging each other about move the new movies we're watching. But like, you know, with this one, like I was trying to take note, but I was trying to to not look away from the screen. And yeah, then I was same. just like, you know, like my I had to like backtrack some, you know, some scenes because I was like, oh, that was really good. And I was like, oh, I gotta make see- a few notes here. That, that, and why I like watching movies in theaters, I've shut my phone off. I'm good. I watch a movie at home. Half the time I'm on my phone. This, I set my phone down and I didn't, I picked it up maybe twice during the whole movie. So it was, but yeah, like Brady said, most of the time, like one of us is texting the other, like Brady during Godzilla versus Kong, man, it's been 30 minutes and they haven't squared up yet. What's going on? So <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I just, I'm glad you haven't seen this call. And I'm glad yeah. this was one of our first like rewind type films because like I was really when you said you hadn't seen it, it was one of those movies that I personally feel like defines American cinema. See, 
I had heard of it, but I didn't know any. I knew, like I said, I knew nothing about it. I, I, I didn't even know what genre it was going it, into. This, so. It was a really good movie to kind of be like a refresher to kind of like cleanse your palate from yeah. like the recent stuff we've been watching. Yeah, it was good to watch. Because you know, yeah, it is very. It's not actiony at all. Yeah, there's it's, not and it's like, not and it's not a mainstream movie. Like it's it doesn't yeah, have like a lot of bells and whistles niche. to to keep yeah. you entertained. Like oh hey, like here's it's explosions, gritty, yeah. here's all this shit like that. No, like it's just it's it's a simple story, and you know they tell story, it well. Yeah. It just it's very told. It's told very well. While so what would, while staying humorous, in a way. What would you give it, Cole? Out of ten, I'll give it an eight. All right, what would make it a 10 for you? I guess better explain why he needed the money. Like, other than that... <laughs> if they did like, that, it'd be a perfect film. <laughs> but that's the beauty of, like, again, going back to Pulp Fiction. You don't need to know what's in the you know, movie. That, and that's true. That's very true. But, but I feel like, uh, it, it, to make the comparison of Pulp Fiction, like, it's... What's in the briefcase seems more elusive. Like, it's more like, oh. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because you want to know what's in it. With with the with the connection you trying to compare it to the phone call what's he trying to do it's not that it's not that big a deal yeah i mean yeah we want to know because that's just the way we are nowadays it's like well you know the way we we want to know so much information about the movies we watch nowadays to go back on something like this that's not fully explained you're like no i i need to know i need to know why why do he want that money and it's crazy it to think to, that audiences explained. back then were just like yeah he just needed money. Yeah, and yeah, it, that's true. It, it didn't need to be explained, but it's kind. It's kind of like it's kind of like Star Wars, like how the Emperor just shows up in Return of the Jedi, but then in the newer movie, Snoke shows up. And everyone's like, "Oh, what's Snoke's deal?" You didn't. You weren't asking that. You know, thirty years ago. Yeah, and that's the thing. Like you, you don't need. It's just our our generation now has to know as yeah. much information as it's, we can. We we want everything spoon fed to us. Yeah, and I feel we, like we want to read into it as much as we can. Yeah, I feel like that's kind of what did, in my opinion. I'm not saying like they were like personally. I will say I like all three of the newer trilogy, but and I don't. I don't want to hear any like. But I'm just saying it's we'll because it people. I'm just saying it's because people are automatically like, well, what is Ray? How is she a Jedi? Like, who is she related to? Kind of like fucked it up for everybody. Yeah. Like, it, the, and again, it's back to your point. The empire, the emperor showed up, and people, people in the eighties were like, "Yeah, it's just another evil dude." Like, cool. But yeah. now today, like, yeah, she can use a lightsaber, but why? And the ex like, only explanation we get for Palpatine's return somehow, Palpatine returned. Who cares? All right, that, all, right that's, all right, that's, that's all right. That's stupid, but I'm in. Let's go. That's all I need to know. But no, I feel like it's just crazy to me that like, but the thing is, is like. The people that were watching the movie back in like 1996 and even early in the early 2000s are people like us, and they were perfectly satisfied with not knowing why he needed the money. Yeah. And then now all of a sudden they're not perfectly satisfied with, yeah, Luke Skywalker, you just he's old and then he died. And like, but why did he die? Like, come on. You see, and you know, I mean, if 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 you're gonna talk about Star Wars, you know, let's just talk about that real quick. We're not gonna get very far into it. You know, we're I'm going to give my take and then we're going to move on because I can already see Cole cringing over there. I, know, I want to do a whole Star Wars episode because it's a, that's going to be like a whole, like, you know, month long series of just May, hey, May the May the Force coming up. Oh, yeah. May the Force is coming up. We'll figure it out. Anyway, like, you know, like you're like you saying, you know, 
the generation now of everyone wanting to know why why Ray is this way, you know, why is she this, why is popping back and yada yada. For me, I argue with my uncle all the fucking time about Star Wars because he he grew up watching the original trilogy and then of course the newer ones and the you know the prequel ones and all this stuff like that. But what he does, he reads so much into everything because he's he wants to know all the information. And I feel like he ruined he ruined it for himself because he went too deep into wanting to know all this information. But like, like and like you said, you know, looking back at the older movies, they're not, you know, there's certain parts where they're not fully explained, and you're okay with it. But as you know, people progress over time, you know, and like I know it's with the younger generation, but there's other people too. Like, I feel like with Star Wars fans the most because they want to know how everything is supposed to tie together to this whole universe that they've created for us. Yeah. The fact that, you know, he read so far into it, I feel like he ruined it for himself and he hates the, he hates the new trilogy, which I understand. I get it, you know, but what are you hating on? We get better detail, you know, on certain things. We see better progression of Ray being trained as a Jedi than we do of Luke being trained as a Jedi from Yoda. Yeah, you can't, you can't tell me yeah. otherwise. You no. cannot tell me otherwise. Luke's still a better character, but no, Ray yes. Ray actually oh, yeah. did her training. Yeah, because we see Luke show up at, at you know on Dagobah. Yeah, you know, oh, train me to be a Jedi. I'm gonna play at the first chance I can. Yeah, and I'm, then I'm a few, on a, I'm and on then a, a few scenes later of him, he's upside down making everything levitate. Yeah. There is no he, in between, and then he just abandons his training. Yeah, and then abandons his training. And I'm gonna, I'm but, gonna quote, oh, but gonna, it's okay because he's yeah. the greatest Jedi of all time now. Yeah. I'm gonna quote the Simpsons real quick. You're all talk, Hamill. You never even finished Jedi school. Exactly. But like I said, I I enjoy the newer trilogy. Yeah. But it's be, like, I feel like you know, and this will be my last part of it. It's just because we're we come from a generation who wants to know so much information about everything now. But the feel the people who have it the worst are Star Wars fans because they want to know how everything ties together. So they read so far into everything. And when it's not the theory that they read about, when it's not that's the way they went, yeah, they don't want it. It's like this is the last thing I'll say about this. It's like the Knights of Ren. Everyone's like, who are they? What 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 are they doing? I'm just like, look, they they showed up and they looked cool for five seconds, like Boba Fett did in the original trilogy. That's all I need. I bought the one figure Hasbro made because they refused to make the other five. It's fine. <laughs> and they all have names, but you won't know them until you read, unless you read like the, it's like in the visual dictionary. Like they yeah. all have na weird names like Vic Cruel and Aplac and Trudgeon. Yeah. So it's just, you know, it's, it's just, it, it depends on who you're talking to about certain things. Yeah. Yeah. Was there any like, uh, negatives for you joe as far as like rewatching this movie fargo i would say no i thought there was i had nothing bad to say about it it was a good movie uh i like i i i enjoyed watching it. like i i sat back and just really enjoyed the movie and there was nothing to there was nothing that didn't cause me to want to look away like it kept my attention the whole time like i said going back to it was it was refreshing. It was like a palate cleanser for me to see this movie because it wasn't like a current new movie who needs so many bells and whistles to keep you entertained. It was just a, a great story with good actors, and you know it it keeps you enticed. I'd agree with that because, like, like I said earlier, it 
it ages really well. Like, mm -hmm. and I don't want to say it's like a miracle, but I've you also honest... noticed, I've also noticed lately, like as I've gotten older, like the thing that helps me relax at night and what I like to do before I go to bed is to watch random, like just pick a random movie that maybe I have seen before or maybe I haven't seen before. And I literally spend two to three days, maybe even a week every night watching this movie until completion and like some of those movies i'm like yeah it's it's really good like better than i thought it was and then other those movies like uh the other week i watched uh high fidelity for the first time and i thought it was an atrocious piece of shit i don't understand why it's a classic um it triggered me beyond belief because this dude is working in a record store and he's smoking the entire time and i'm just like <sighs> like i'm just i'm pissed and then, we're a different uh, breed now, Brady. We're a different breed of record collectors. And, and it's just well, it's just a cringy movie all around. Like he he break he gets dumped by a girl and then tries to figure out why he keeps getting dumped. And every time he goes to a new girl or an ex-girlfriend at the time and figures out why they got why he got dumped and they tell him why, he's just like uh he's just like um one second, Brady messed up his microphone. Is that better? Oh, yeah, there you are, buddy. Huh, that's weird. But yeah, so he gets dumped by a girl, and then he goes to all his ex-girlfriends to figure out why he got dumped. And every time he figures out the real reason why they dumped him, he's just like, huh, I guess it's not my fault. Okay. It keeps moving on. Like, bro, you don't learn anything throughout this movie. And then your, your now current ex-girlfriend who's going to turn into your current girlfriend's just like hey let's throw on a dj party because that's what you used to do and that's why i fell in love with you and it's a happy ending of a movie and i'm just like this is cringy as shit like how like if i watch this like at the same time that i watched fargo and then for the first time that is and then watched it again now when i'm older mm -hmm. i probably still would hate the movie because like it doesn't in my opinion does not age well and I, I, yeah. I mean, it was my first time seeing High Fidelity, but Fargo, man, just it. There's there's a certain charm to this movie, and like I said, it's like that independent, like niche comedy of the '90s, but not really a comedy vibe, where it also felt independent, but it was released by MGM, which is not an independent studio at all. And it's almost timeless; like you can barely even tell it was made in the '90s. I mean, you can, but. There's parts where it was like, the, yeah, this I could see this being made today. Bro, but I was, feel like it was it was totally nineties. Uh, the the, but, the magazine holder right next to the toilet. Come on, what the the phones? The phones. I mean, they used a payphone. Yeah, I mean okay, the I mean, the general. feathered bang or the the bangs, the hairstyles, the cars, the it was bleach blonde gen, hair, the bleach blonde hair, the bleach blonde hair in general, but. You're also, oh no, you're younger than me. I could feel like Joe and I could say that because we also grew up in a time where that was our lives and like yeah. the internet wasn't a thing and things like that. Yeah, but we, we saw the analog age fade. You know, we were still, we knew analog growing up, but then we were also there part of the digital age. So we understand the progression. I vividly, yeah, I vividly remember buying. Rugrats on an orange VHS tape from like Blockbuster or some shit like that. Like that was my Friday night one time when I was like having five. To, <laughs> having to make sure it was rewound before you turned it back in. Be kind. Rewind, rewind. 
we used to have a, a separate little machine that re, uh, would rewind the videotapes for us at a faster rate. So we're not having to wait as the VCR is doing it for us. Man, uh, my current VCR that I use, I posted this on my Instagram one time in like my story. You rewind that sucker. It sounds like a jet engine taking off. It's like, it's, I was like, oh God, this is going to ruin the tapes. <laughs> I've ha- I've cracked that thing open at least three or four times to clean the heads and everything. Like it's still it's a pristine. I take care of it because I don't want to ruin my tapes. But I also don't use it. Like I honestly use it maybe fifteen times a year, and that's all during October when I have like old horror, horror movies. movies. Yeah, because yeah, yeah, yeah. a lot of those are on VHS. Right. But yeah, and like I I seriously considered watching Fargo on VHS, but I was just being lazy last night, and like. hey it's on amazon i'll watch it on amazon but yeah i just i'm glad i'm not trying to take all the credit for this movie but i'm glad it was a movie that somehow got on my radar i don't know how cole brought it up that he didn't see it but i'm glad he did we were talking about i think we're talking about the show too yeah you guys and you guys had mentioned the show yeah and i made a joke i feel like there was like so many reiterations of the show but i think honestly as i was looking it up on Amazon Prime to watch it earlier. When I searched Fargo, like there was the movie itself. Then four seasons. And then the four seasons. But the four seasons have a different uh, like cover for each one of them. Yeah, it's an anthology series. So yeah. So I was like, I was like, is this is this and I think that's like as I look back in it, that's what made me think there's so many different reiterations of this movie was just seeing the different covers of the anthology series. So season one, I've actually seen the first two seasons and some of season three. So season one takes place in like 2006. And then season two is a prequel that is in the 70s. Season three has Ewan McGregor in it. And um, Mary Elizabeth Elizabeth Weinstead or something like that. That's really, I think that's where they met, by the way. Hello there. And then um, season four You had my attention but now you have my interest (laughs) Season four Which came out I think last year Has uh, Chris Rock in it Yeah I think so And I think it's like 1960s-ish Chicago gangster going on Yeah Mary Elizabeth Winstead is in it Yeah Oh that's my girl I'm going to check this out (laughs) (laughs) So do you, if you have Hulu, it's all on Hulu. I got to renew Hulu. Because Hulu has like, uh, oh, you won't recognize Ewan McGregor in season three. He looks fucking weird in it. Season one has uh, Martin Freeman in it. Okay. Ah. And I'm pretty sure Bilbo Colin Baggins? Hanks. And I'm pretty sure Colin Hanks is in it as well. Yeah, Colin Hanks, Billy Bob Thornton. Kirsten Dunst Dunst is in season two. Yeah, and so is uh, Jesse Plemons. That's where they met, and now they're engaged and have a baby. Cool I didn't know they were engaged. That is cool. Or as I like to call Jesse Plemons, uh, Fat Matt Damon. <laughs> no, you, could I mean, said, you could just said Fat Damon. <laughs> fat Damon. <laughs> I didn't know that you and McGregor was married to Mary Elizabeth Winstead. Yeah, I'm pretty sure they met on Fargo. Yeah, wow, I did not know that. Cool, so I have no chance with her then. Good to know. <laughs> Damn, dude. Way to put yourself down. <laughs> For real, man. Oh. 
Yeah, so season four has um, Chris Rock and uh, Jason Schwartzman. Okay. So, yeah, I mean, uh, I personally, and I think it is, yeah, it's produced by the Coen brothers. It's, I don't think, I think that's the most they have with it. Just production? As far as, as, yeah, as far as like interaction with it is production. And like I said on, I don't know if I said this on mic or earlier or whatever, but um, season one has like a somewhat subplot where the ice pick or the ice scraper for your car, which you guys don't know about, but I do. <laughs> um, that Steve Buscemi sticks in the ground when he buries the money comes up in huh? season one. It's like okay. a subplot, like some dude like runs a casino, found it, and that's how he ends up owning the casino and being rich essentially. Um, but yeah, I mean, there, and like I said, there's no real like. I'm sure there is, but as far as I could tell, there wasn't really like a, oh my god, here other than maybe the red, uh, car scraper, but there wasn't an outright like, oh, there's Marge or. There's uh, William H. Macy's character or Steve Buscemi's character. Like they don't, and I feel like that's the perfect way to go to go about that show is to yeah. not like outright connect it to the movie. Cause you can do, I mean, that setting itself of, is so interesting cause it's not a normal setting for a movie or anything like that. Like it's middle America as middle America as you can get. And like most things are set in Hollywood or New York, New York, yeah. or something like that, right? Chicago, or Atlanta, I mean, Atlanta posing as New York. Yeah, exactly. Um, but to be like, you know what? We're gonna make a movie in the middle of America. Perfect choice. Yeah, yeah I agree. So, what would you guys rate it? Oh, it's a ten out of ten for me. I think it's a perfect movie. I'm gonna give it a nine, only because. They show Scotty the Sun with his polka poster on the back of his door, and he has his accordion on the bed. And they didn't even share him playing once, so they lose points for that. But they all, he also had a White Snake poster, so we all know he's playing White Snake songs. I mean, let's see that 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 doesn't know favors. That's why he gets a nine. <laughs> I'll I'll bump mine up to eight and a half. I'll, I'll so, get... do you feel like Cole? This question is for you. Do you feel like you were perf, per, uh, how do I say? It? Do you feel like you got a movieation this week? Yeah, yeah, de- most definitely. We sat you down and we said, "Watch this fucking movie." <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What what's our uh, what's our movie fact for the week? Do you got one for us? Do I have one? Um, I did, but I forgot what it was. <laughs> Let me I look had one, one up be- real quick. Let I me look one, one up for Fargo, other than the fake snow thing. Cool. Fargo, let's see. Doo-doo-doo. Other than the fake snow thing, here's an interesting one. Oh, okay. Yeah, this one I knew already. Uh, so the backstory between Marge and her husband is her husband used to be a cop as well. Mm-hmm. But then they both got on the force. That's where, or they were both on the force. That's where they met mm-hmm. and they got married and they decided mm-hmm. one of them has to stay and one of them has to leave. Has to go. Yeah. 
So okay. that's why that's why you get like the friendly scene of like uh the her partner or whatever he is or like her deputy I guess is what he truly is coming and go oh hi Norm like he knows like obviously he knows who Norm is because yeah. he's married to the chief but it also makes more sense that he's more friendly with Norm because they could have very well worked together. Yeah, they're more okay. chummy. Yeah. But yeah, I I'm glad we picked this movie and damn, I can't believe I sat down and actually watched this shit like a hundred percent did not pick up my phone, just like glued to the TV. I cannot tell you how long it's been since I've done that. It definitely wasn't for Godzilla versus Kong. I'll tell you that. <laughs> Dude, I woke up this morning and started playing and started playing video games, and then I was like, "Oh crap, I've got to watch this movie." So I sat down, I sat down, put it on, watched it, and you know the fact that this morning when I was messaging you guys, and the first thing my like, I woke up, you know, I washed up. And the first thing I'm contributing to my day are thoughts on the Texas Chainsaw Massacre the shit we were talking about this morning. And I was like, what is wrong with me? I was like, it's nine. It's like 930 in the damn morning. I'm talking about serial killers. <laughs> hey, bro, if you're like me, you talk about serial killers. Wait, what? <laughs> 24-7. Oh, man. I mean, shit. I got the Mindhunter sitting right here. I might read some tonight. I don't know. Oh, hell yeah. Dude, man, I listened to a podcast this week about the Tylenol murders. Holy oh. shit. You guys never heard of that? Nuh-uh. Okay, that? so back back in the 80s, like in Chicago, yeah, I don't. we're not talking about movies anymore, but I don't give a fuck. It's whatever. Uh, back in the 80s in Chicago, bro. That was it's Fargo. Mo- it's, it's movie adjacent. Yeah, that was Fargo. And that was Fargo. No, I'm sure they're going to... I'm sure they're going to make a movie about this eventually. Like, they have to. Back in the 80s, man... Uh, in the Chicago area, like five or six people died, like immediately after taking Tylenol, like extra strength Tylenol. What? And what they found out was there was someone had gone to certain stores and replaced certain capsules with either a hundred percent to a thousand percent cyanide poisoning. What? So like they were taking it and like it's like instant like and the reason it was a thousand percent is like there could be like one tablet in there or one capsules. It's like the gel like capsules. Yeah. So that you can easily fill it up and pop it back on. But yeah, they were. So if you took like two extra strength, you had a a thousand percent chance of taking just straight cyanide. And I don't know if you know this, but cyanide has like a almond type smell to it. Yeah. that's how they figured out what it was was like examiners and stuff were like yeah it's cyanide brother isn't there isn't there another poison that has like an almond taste or smell to it i'm trying to think I, as far as uh, i know only cyanide but I, I, yeah I man it, annoyed of not googling uh poison and stuff like that on my phone oh uh, yeah i'm gonna go i'm gonna get, turn and say like I'm going private, private browsing <laughs> but no I'm, just, I'm not killing someone i'm just i'm interested because i saw this on a crime documentary i just saw <laughs> but then so like four years later it happened again somewhere else but this time it was excedrin instead of tylenol but they caught the lady because she was an idiot <laughs> and she her husband had died from it right and like a couple other people had died from it and so what her thing was is she was trying to this kind of ties into fargo in a way because she was trying to get scam money out of insurance by killing her husband, taking out two life, 
life insurance arsenic. policies. Arsenic is another one that smells okay. and tastes like almonds. Yeah, so she uh, she poisoned her husband with cyanide and Excedrin and then ended up taking like extra capsules that she had, put them in bottles and threw them in the store. She called the police and said, hey, I think my husband died of the same thing. They found... Um, they went to her house and tested the bottles of Excedrin and found out she pretty much had every all the poison to herself. And that's how she got caught. <laughs> but yeah, she was doing it. Like I said, it tie, kind of ties into Fargo here because she was doing it for money. And that is your movie-cation slash murder-cation. <laughs> uh, I'm Brady. I'm Cole. I'm Joe. We'll catch you guys next time. We'll see you next week for Mortal Kombat. Yeah, Mortal Kombat's next. Ooh, I'm going to watch both. Shut the fuck up, Donnie.